the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. Happy first day of February. Mix of clouds and sun today. 38 the high, down to 25 tonight. Cloudy tomorrow. High 44. Sixers 122-119 over Memphis in overtime last night. Tyrese Maxey 33 points to lead the way with 8 assists. Head coach Doc Rivers liking what he's seeing. It's a good win for us. I mean, they're an excellent team. Extremely well coached, as I said, uh, before the game. I thought we had to meet their intensity. One of the things I think they do every night, uh, they come with that toughness, that grind, and I thought we did it right back at them tonight. We talked about it before the game. We talked about it this morning. We talked about how the floor has to stay open. And I thought we did that as well. A lot of guys made a lot of plays. Just a lot of grit. Guys like each other. They like playing with each other. Tonight, I think early in the game, I think our first 16 or 14 baskets were off of 12 assists. You know, we were passing to each other. It's, it's a good group. They like each other. Sixers head coach Doc Rivers concurring with that. Uh, Andre Drummond, who had 16 points and 23 rebounds. That guy's a monster. And he uh, talked about, in a good way, of course, uh, what it's like to play without because Joel Embiid didn't play last night, their star player, but Drummond credits it to, as Doc Rivers was saying, they like each other, they play well together, they enjoy being on the court together. I think it just shows uh, our chemistry as a team, you know, with or without Joel, without Joel, or with or without guys that you know are hurt or you know have games out because of uh, different reasons. So I think just our chemistry as a team, being able to continue to play without some of our guys, just really shows how much we really enjoy playing with each other. It's Andre Drummond of the 76ers. Tobias Harris had 31 points as well. And uh, after the game, he talked about why he thought the team was able to pull out the win last night. The key, the key to that game that, that I think is if you get stops, you can be successful. And towards that, I think it was like last minute 30, you know, or two minutes, we're down four points. And then we come back, we get two big stops. Danny is a three. You know, another play happens, but those stops allowed us to to cut back in that game because if one of those possessions they score, you know, it's an added possession game, and that hurts us uh, in the long run. So I thought we just did a good job of just, just staying solid all throughout and being able to really be composed throughout everything that was going on in the game. Tobias, uh, Tobias Harris of the Sixers. Don't look now. They're on a five-game win streak on a roll there. They're home against Washington tomorrow night. At seven, Flyers are home against Winnipeg this evening at seven. And Flyer head coach Mike Yo talking about the rough overall month of January. They did get a win their last game, but they'd lost 13 in a row prior to that. And what are the positives and negatives you can take away from that? There's a lot of things to 
to say when you you know when you lose as many games as we did, it's it's uh, that was that was a tough stretch. And uh, what I there's a lot of positives that I can take away from it too. I mean, the negative is is losing, and and that's I was sort of thinking about it here earlier today. There's there's you know that's what you see that that's what's above water. Uh, what's underwater is, is that there's been a lot of work. What's going on, and uh, and I feel still a lot of progress in a lot of areas. As as stupid as that might sound, you know, like I, I feel like our 60 minute work effort, uh, work level uh, has increased our ability to stay in games, our ability to keep fighting. I think the attitude through that stretch, you know, guys. They didn't turn on each other. You know, they kept the positive mindset and were able to come back out for the most part and, and get ready to go the next game. And uh, I'm starting to see more consistency in, in areas of our team game, better details in areas of our team game. It's not saying that we're there by any means. Obviously, when you lose as many games as we did, there's still some areas that we have to get better at, closing out games, some big mistakes that we're making at wrong times of the games, not beating yourself in certain situations. Uh, but I do feel that we are making progress, and slowly we're getting tougher to play against. Flyers head coach Mike Yo. there's still some season left here, so if they can turn the corner, you never know what might happen. I found it interesting. Uh, I like that phrase he said, uh, you know, you see the wins and losses, kind of what's above water, but what's below the water and what's going on in terms of progress and all that. Uh, it reminded me of another coach in this town who not long ago talked about Flowers blooming and soil everywhere. And that was head coach Nick Sirianni when the team was doing poorly. And look what happened to them. They actually did make the playoffs by the end of the year after a two and five start. So Flyers home against Winnipeg tonight at seven. Uh, one of their defensemen, new, uh, newcomer Rasmus Ristolainen, uh, talked about uh, a couple of things uh, after practice. And one of them simply uh, how the season has been for him because he's he's really wanting to win. He had some. Uh, he came from Buffalo and they didn't have some good teams. And he was hoping that this would be a better experience so far. But here's what he had to say. I think we had uh, high expectations, high expectations like you should, and things didn't go like we like we planned. But still, you know, we can't feel sorry about ourselves. We still got to work and push, and uh, hopefully we get some uh, guys back from injury soon, and then we. Put some uh, wins together. That's Rasmus Ristelainen of the Flyers, a defenseman who also, as far as, you know, how's your time been, uh, newcomer to Philly? I like it. I think they are very passionate, and I love that about them. And, uh, you know, I wish we could uh, play play better and get some wins for them, but uh, I think the better times are ahead. Rasmus Ristelainen of the Flyers on the Flyers fans. Uh, Tom Brady, indeed officially retiring. The talk floating around, and... He made it official. We actually had Rob Motti of the Associated Press on with us yesterday, pro football writer for them. We talked about that. You can check the podcast of that out. into our homepage at WFIL.com. So seven-time Super Bowl champion, three-time MVP, and two-time, I didn't shake Nick Foles' hand, retiring. Wait, who just said that? Is retiring officially, and we'll see what happens uh, with him and the future endeavors that he has. Also, maybe more important than any of that, the Preborn scoreboard. We worked with a Preborn all month long. WFIL listening family doing a fantastic job stepping up and providing free ultrasounds for pregnant women and girls who might otherwise choose to end their pregnancy. January being Sanctity of Human Life Month. And we've worked with Preborn the last four years at least uh, to provide free ultrasounds. The goal usually around 400. This year was 450. And we finished up at 643. As of this morning, so thank you. And I have a list of names I'll try to mix in during the program. Specifically, I'd love to thank some folks who helped out. 
what a big blessing. What a tremendous thing. And uh, it's very satisfying to know that among all the other things going on, that that's happening through, uh, by God's grace, through WFIL and, and through the hearts and generosity of folks who called in or went online to help out in that partnership with Preborn, promoting life. It's a very gentle yet powerful and effective way to allow a woman to see the baby inside her and hear the heartbeat and just even step out of the way and, uh, and let that kind of sink in. So thank you again to everyone. We'll get some names out there and uh, as the program rolls along. Speaking of other names, a couple other names. Uh, so it wasn't a record. I'll, I'll, I'll PS that here. We really didn't set out to set a record. We got close. The all-time record 774. We got to 643, which is still a very high number and uh, like one and a half times the goal we set out. So job well done. But just clarifying that because I mentioned I would talk about that today, yesterday. Uh, but but very, very satisfying. And really, ultimately, as we do whatever we do is under the Lord, then he's going to do what he wants to do with that. So let's be encouraged to, whether we see results or not, let's be faithful in the things before us. A couple of special guests joining us this hour. Uh, we have Michael Gear. He is president of the Pennsylvania Family Institute. He'll be joining us in just a little bit to talk about Senate Bill 956, which would prevent judges from forcing taxpayers to pay for elective abortions, speaking of which, uh, and also the uh, the Pitt study that just uh, came out. Uh, we'll get back into that in a moment, or into that. We uh, talked about it a number of shows back. And then Kevin Harvey, who is a um, the longtime chaplain for the Philadelphia 76ers, is going to join us. And he also is the area director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in South Jersey. So we'll talk with him later in the hour, mix in a song or two, and we'll have to give away some gift cards today. If you'd like to win one, just uh, send an email. Let's do email this time if we could. To Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D, at WFIL.com. All I need is your name, address, and uh, phone number in there is helpful in case we need me to reach you. And you get to pick. Duncan, Panera, Rita's, Wawa, or our brand new one, Chick-fil-A. These are $5.60. Uh, you know, just you get one. You don't have to. You're not in a drawing. You'll get one. One per family. And if you won the past month, sit this one out. We like to spread it around. He's a courtesy of Brenner Chevrolet and Jenkins Challenge. Just to thank you for listening and encouragement to go get a couple of waffle fries with a friend or maybe get a couple of coffees together and hang out and chat or just treat yourself. Spend it all on yourself. I know it's not a lot, but at the same time it is because it's free and you got one just for asking. Again, the email address, Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D at WFIL.com. Brief break. Keep the program rolling in just a moment. It's Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It is 4.15 on the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thank you for tuning in. Every now and again, we love to tap uh, on the shoulder of our friends at Pennsylvania Family Institute and get some insight and wisdom as to what's going on on any number of issues that are pressing in our culture these days and uh, one of the folks we have the privilege of talking to is Michael Gear, who is president of the Pennsylvania Family Institute. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, Tim. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. It's always a pleasure to hear your voice and hear what you have to share with us. Uh, we get press releases every now and again and there's one here uh, on Senate Bill 956. I guess it's called the Life Amendment. Uh, you know, Take your time and just uh, explain a little bit what it is and, and kind of what's going on. So it's interesting on the pro-life uh, front, um, many eyes are focused on Washington, D.C. I mean, this month is, uh, or just last month, and now we're in February, but in January we had the uh, March for Life in Washington, D.C., right. and uh, focused on 
uh, the sanctity of life issue from a Washington, D.C. perspective, both, uh, you know, with the March for Life, but also with the case out of Mississippi before the United States Supreme Court, the Dobbs case, which uh, many believe might lead to the overturn of the 1973 Roe v. Wade abortion decision, which uh, basically imposed abortion on demand in all 50 states uh, through uh, a court uh, decision, a 7-2 to two court decision that, again, took place in 1973. And that that may potentially be overturned uh, and uh, by the uh, ruling from the Supreme Court coming later this year. If that happens, uh, the issue of abortion gets uh, sent back to the different states. Uh, Pennsylvania has our abortion control act. We have other pro-life laws, but uh, abortion is not immediately made illegal in Pennsylvania by any stretch of the imagination if the Roe versus Wade decision is overturned. But here in Pennsylvania, not only um, are our eyes kind of focused at on Washington, but also in a court decision that is expected this year as well, a court case before the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. This is a court case that was filed by Planned Parenthood and abortion clinics across Pennsylvania that are that uh, basically the abortion industry in Pennsylvania has sued Pennsylvania demanding that taxpayer funding of abortion be mandated, that, uh, that taxpayers have to fund abortions in Pennsylvania. But then also Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry have asked, have sued the state, basically asking the Pennsylvania Supreme Court to declare a right to abortion in Pennsylvania's Constitution. So even as Washington and the federal Constitution may be heading in one direction based on the U.S. Supreme Court and this Dobbs case, here in Pennsylvania, we may be heading in the other direction based on what the Pennsylvania Supreme Court might do with this lawsuit that is before them. And we expect, actually, that they will do. Uh, require taxpayer funding of abortion and find a right to abortion in Pennsylvania's constitution. Uh And what that would mean is that we would head in the opposite direction. We would likely become very much like New York or California or or other states that have abortion on demand throughout all nine months of pregnancy and taxpayer funding of abortion. And for those of us who are pro-life or even just average run-of-the-mill Pennsylvanians, they don't want to be paying for abortions. Uh, They don't want to see this happen. The remedy for that is a constitutional amendment in Pennsylvania, uh, which is what Senate Bill uh, 956 is all about, to basically say uh, the Pennsylvania Constitution does not uh, in, in and of itself have a right to abortion, and the, uh, the Pennsylvania Constitution does not require taxpayer funding of abortion. So it would basically over, overturn what we expect the Pennsylvania Supreme Court to do. Folks, just tuning in, Michael Gear is our guest. He's president of the Pennsylvania Family Institute. And so kind of to clarify, uh, clarify, the Senate Bill 956 is kind of a, trying to cut something off at the pass by addressing something that's yeah. not in there already, but it's going to be in there unless something's said. Yeah, so much like Roe versus Wade was basically the court sort of by fiat just creating this right to abortion in the federal constitution. That is sort of what is pending with the Pennsylvania Constitution or the, this uh, in the Pennsylvania Constitution with the Pennsylvania Supreme Court is the potential for them to uh, require taxpayer funding of abortion in Pennsylvania and to find a right to abortion in Pennsylvania, which would nullify our pro-life laws and prevent future pro-life laws. Basically, again, it would make it uh, Pennsylvania like New York and, and uh, California which would become an abortion destination. So this is a constitutional amendment, Senate Bill 956, which passed the Senate Health Committee last week by a a very strong uh, majority. Uh, It passed there. This would then put in Pennsylvania's constitution that there is no uh, right to abortion. It doesn't 
uh, prohibit abortion, but it says that, that we can pass, that, that current pro-life laws stay on the books, we can pass future pro-life laws, and taxpayers will not be on the hook to pay for abortions in Pennsylvania. That's yeah, what this amendment would do. It's, yep. it's, yeah, it sounds like it's kind of like you have to think of it from different angles, because otherwise, uh, you know, folks who want it can find a way to start putting a shoehorn in there and, and getting something into the system that was just left unspoken prior um, I'm right. A, right. I'm, I'm looking at, at the press release that was sent. Uh, Pennsylvania State Senator Judy Ward, Blair County, who introduced Senate Bill 956. She says what the abortion industry is asking the Pennsylvania Supreme Court to do is bypass both the legislative process and the constitutional amendment process and the manufacture out of thin air a right to elective abortion and taxpayer funding of elective abortion, presumably during all nine months of pregnancy in order to prevent right. Uh, Pennsylvania abortion laws from being struck down. I'm proposing a simple amendment to the Pennsylvania Constitution clarifying there is no right to an abortion or abortion funding within the Constitution of Pennsylvania. Uh, so just just so folks, again, are understanding what, what it makes common sense, and it almost sounds like it, it shouldn't have to be said in a way, but it does have to be said because it's a, a sneaky path otherwise to get to, you know. That's what, right. I'm, yeah. That's exactly right. The Pennsylvania Constitution doesn't say anything about abortion. It doesn't provide a right to abortion, nor does it uh, uh, prohibit abortion. It's it's silent about it. And the thus it's up to the people to make these decisions, which they have been doing uh, under the guise, under, you know, the sort of blanket of Roe versus Wade. We've uh, just chipped away at the Roe versus Wade decision through the Abortion Control Act in Pennsylvania and other bills, the, 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 uh, the law that uh, provides for clinic regulations based on what we saw happen with the uh, the Kermit Gosnell House of Horrors right. there in Philadelphia, we we passed that law, and if the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania does what we think they'll do and what the abortion industry is asking them to do, it'll wipe those laws off the books ultimately, and force taxpayers to pay for abortions. So when a woman or a girl goes to an abortion clinic, a Planned Parenthood center taxpayers would be on the hook to pay for that. And that is wrong. And that's why we need this constitutional amendment. Wow. Wow. Folks tuning in, we're just chatting for a few minutes here with Michael Gear. He's president of the Pennsylvania Family Institute. Uh, I'm just thinking uh, on this topic, if um, uh, people want to, I don't know, again, keep up on it and or do something, is there anything in your, you know, at this point that they could do? Pray for sure. But is there anything they could actually yeah, tangibly do? Yeah, absolutely. And and our website has information on, on how they can get involved in, in a particular mechanism in which they can communicate with their Pennsylvania senator and their Pennsylvania uh, state representative. Uh, we have a whole citizen action center on there. If they go to the website, it explains all of that kind of stuff and makes it easy to use your voice to speak up on behalf of life and on, on uh, behalf of, uh, of this constitutional amendment, Senate Bill 956. We need every Pennsylvanian to to engage on this. If you don't want your tax dollars to be paying for abortion, then you need to engage on behalf of uh, this particular amendment. One other thing I'll just mention is that it's a long process to get a constitutional amendment passed. It has to pass the House and the Senate in this legislative term. And then again in 2023, uh, has to pass the House and the Senate. And then it goes to a vote of the people at the ballot box. So ultimately, it's the people who uh, will have a say on this topic rather than uh, uh, these judges who are really unaccountable. Okay. Uh, and again, it's Senate Bill 956, pafamily.org for what yep. we were just talking about there. Uh, yep. And Michael, would um, just what have you learned kind of related to this? What have you learned when it comes to speaking to your state senators and other elected officials in terms of 
communicating clearly without yelling or coming across as right. whatever. Uh, just because you want to be effective, but being indignant is one thing, and righteous anger is is you know good thing. But then, how have you any tips or just thoughts on communicating so that your your the, the message really doesn't get lost in the shouting? If you will. Well, I think the, the very first thing is that, you know, the Bible tells us to be praying for those in authority because they are placed in authority by God. Uh, and so he's sovereign. And so the encouragement to be praying for them should set our heart attitude right when we talk to them. If we're praying for them, we should then contact them and, and we can speak, uh, you know, with, with confidence about what we believe is right and to encourage them to do the right thing, but to not to do so with hostility or anger or anything else, because uh, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So I think as we pray, that will create a hard attitude that says we want you and would encourage you to do the right thing uh, related to this legislation or other things. Uh, that's the way we should use our voice, and I think that's the appropriate way to engage. Yes, sometimes it is frustrating. I get frustrated as well. But expressing those frustrations in the same way you might yell at a pizza clerk and you're not going to get uh, the results that you want, you shouldn't be yelling at elected officials or anyone else, for that matter, in terms of trying to advance uh, a good thing. Yeah, and by the way, just to clarify, with Senate, uh, it's well said, Senate Bill 956, uh, regarding elective abortions, I want to just ask you to clarify elective, maybe yeah. it sounds yeah, obvious, correct. but how diff- How many of them, what percent are elective versus just o- abortions overall, if, or if there's a... Well, elective abortions just means that the people are going, I mean, the, the vast, vast majority, we have, you know, tens of thousands that take place in Pennsylvania every year. That's over 60 million elective abortions that have taken place. And what that means is that someone goes in, and it's not because of some medical condition or something else, but just simply uh, because they've decided they don't want to carry the child to term. They, they want to see the baby uh, uh, baby's life ended. They uh, can pay Planned Parenthood some abortion clinic to take the life of the baby. We think that's wrong, and uh, this is a step in the right direction to continue the opportunity to protect life in, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Yeah, and it may be obvious, but it's just to underscore the point that this is not just about a fraction of the abortions. Basically, it's a huge deal. It be you know you're paying for most of what's going on is what's really at stake right. here. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we're talking about paying for the elective abortions, right? Exactly that. Yeah, Michael Gear been kind yeah. enough to spend time with us today, president of the Pennsylvania Family Institute, and. Uh, we we love having you on, and it's great to just get some straight info on what's going on. And we hope to have you on again before long. Just uh, anything else co- that's on your mind right now? This is certainly a big thing. People can be involved and pray about. But anything else that's on your mind? Well, um, people I'm sure do, there uh, is. That's not a good question. I'm sure there is plenty. Yeah, well, yeah, there is. But I'll, I'll just say very quickly: if people go to our website, they can see some of the other issues that we deal with. They can sign up for our e alert. Uh, that we'll, uh, we'll put some information in their inbox on a regular basis. We don't spam people or send a, a massive volume of information, but there's a whole lot of things that I think your audience would really be interested in if they sign up uh, on our website to get our e-alerts. That's great. That's great. Again, simply for that, it's uh, pafamily.org. And again, if you want to look this one up, Senate Bill 956, which is also known as the Life Amendment. Perhaps they can just type that in in the search field and find that as well. I'm guessing. So. Yeah, exactly. All right. Michael Gear. thank you so much for taking time with us today. Thanks, Tim. It's great to be on. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. All right. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. We'll take a brief break here. It's Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFI. Yeah, we're looking forward to having Kevin Harvey join us in just a little bit, chaplain for the Philadelphia 76ers, as well as uh, the area director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in South Jersey. And I want to remind you, if you... Uh, would like to get a gift card, just a fun little thing here we're throwing in the mix. We're giving those out today. Send a quick email to Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D, 
at WFIL.com. We like to do this every now and again, and you just get you get one if you have one in the past month and one per family. So it's not a, you know, have you and your wife and all the kids, just one per family. But we like to spread these around. We have Chick-fil-A, Dunkin', Panera, Rita's, and Wawa, courtesy of Briner Chevrolet in Jenkintown, which sponsors our broadcast. And just a $5.60 increment, enough for you to get yourself a cup of coffees or a donut or something like that. And uh, and be thankful that you're listening. So we want to thank you by sending these cards out every now and again. And today till 5 o'clock, if you happen to email me, just need your name, address with the zip. We're actually mailing prizes out tomorrow. I'll be happy to send one to you. My email address again, Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D, at WFIL.com. Back with more in just a moment. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It is 432 on the Tim DeMoss Show. If you're just tuning in, we had 643 ultrasounds come through in our partnership with Preborn, which wrapped up at midnight last night. The all-time record, 774. So we didn't top the all-time record, but we did really, really, really well. The goal was 450. We had almost 200 more than that come in. Thank you to Lucilla in Lindenwall, New Jersey, Cheryl in Philadelphia, Barbara in Richboro, Cheryl in Philly, Alana in Philly, Ronald in Hatboro, Elvis in Gap, I'm not going to do the impersonation. Don't worry. David in uh, Springfield helping out. Audrey and Aston. We have some alliteration going on here. Thanks to Rosley in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Ola in Philadelphia. Dolores in Lindenwall, New Jersey. Betsy in Paoli. And James in Philadelphia. Among those who helped out. I have some more names, some more shout outs to do before the show is done. But I just want to let you know, thank you for such a wonderful partnership throughout the month of January, being Sanctity of Human Life Month. We are uh, concerned with that all year long, though, right? Ultrasounds are a very practical and effective way of promoting life and gentle, yet powerful. But there are other things to do throughout the course of the year. So let's do those things. We had Michael Gear, president of Pennsylvania Family Institute, on with us a few minutes ago, talking about Senate Bill 956. We'll get the podcast uh, up on our site after the show and include info for that there if you want to pursue that further. Without further ado, though, we switch from Pennsylvania to New Jersey. And Kevin Harvey joining us. Hey, Kevin, how are you today, sir? Good, brother. How are you doing, bud? It's been a while. Nice to talk to you. Good. Yes, yes, it has been a while. I, I think it was it was probably pre-COVID. I think so. It's been a while. Yeah, Kevin is uh, wears a lot of hats, including a longtime chaplain for the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers and also area director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in South Jersey. You can look that up at southjerseyfca.org. dot uh, org. Love to talk and just kind of catch up with you because it has been a while on both fronts. Uh, and before that, though, just take a second. Uh, well, as long as you want. Just how God got a hold of you in the first place. I know you've shared this before, but it's worth repeating because it obviously feeds into the work that you do now. Mm. Yeah. So I was, uh, you know, raised in uh, about 10 minutes away from Philadelphia on the, on the Jersey side, was a sports guy, uh, basketball player, was one of the best sport, and uh, went on to play LaSalle University. And I was probably in a, in a phase where I was um, 
just really trying to figure out life, and I was doing all the wrong things off the court. And through that uh, freshman year at LaSalle, uh, many moons ago, I injured my ankle. And that really kind of put me on a journey to try to just, again, figure out answers for life. And I think I just started talking to a God that I wasn't sure existed and uh, started reading a little bit and looking into religions. And, and finally, at the end of that freshman year, I just got on my face and got on my knees and just cried out to God and said, God, if you're up there, do something. And I woke up the next morning and I was a completely different person and grateful that God heard the cry of my heart and began to understand there on that first day, that first few days, that I was born again, that I was a new creation in Christ. Um, I felt like the weight of the world had been lifted off my shoulders. So I had a real, you know, dramatic encounter with God uh, where it was not, um, you know, it was not scripted. It was not, nobody led me to the Lord. It was just really, uh, you know, God by his spirit drawing me to a place where I was just empty and I cried out and he, that's what God does best. He hears the cries of people, and and um, I'm very grateful for the way the Lord got a hold of me. Wow. You know, as I'm as you're talking there, I'm thinking everyone has a, a different testimony, and some seem to be more gradual depending on where they grew up and how they what they were taught. Did you have many seeds that you can tell that were planted or, uh, you know, a, a godly grandmother or somebody where you at least were hearing things as you grew up, or was it really more kind of just out of, not to say out of nowhere, but kind of devoid of those types of uh, influences, if you will. Yeah, I, I think my mom was a praying woman. I, I would say I, I, I had a little a little bit more of a religious background, but definitely not uh, an understanding of, um, you know, a person needed to receive Christ by faith to be saved. That, that was never something that was shared with me. So, uh, you know, I kind of went through the motions of religion as a kid, um, that my mom and dad were a part of, and then I, you know, so so there were some seeds in there. I'm grateful that um, I had some of those seeds. But, uh, you know, by the time high school years and popularity and peer pressure and all that stuff, I mean, I, that was sort of out the window, and I was mm. just on my on my own and just, uh, you know, gra- grateful that uh, the trials, you know, for me, uh, an ankle injury at LaSalle, uh, grateful that that occurred because that's you know one of the mechanisms I think the Lord used to get a hold of my heart. Yeah, and not to you know not to be uh, get too far down the road this road necessarily, but um, for anyone who's been an athlete as you were to that point, and you're into college, so obviously it's still I mean that's a commitment to be playing college sports. To have that happen, all of a sudden, what you've done for so long, and what's maybe perhaps part of your identity is all of a sudden taken away or, you know, you don't know how good you could ever get again or all of that. Was that, was that a pretty big piece for you as far as shaking you up some? I would say you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> like it, I think, I think becoming a great athlete was my entire identity. Wow. I think like it is for a lot of athletes and, uh, you know, grateful that, you know, in preseason, you know, I got to, I got to, play at the end of the season. I'm grateful for that experience. But really, those three months I was out, I was really doing a lot of soul searching. And, um, uh, you know, that, that's, you know, as I look at it, um, you know, my, my identity in Christ now, like I, I just wouldn't trade for the world. It's like, that's the reason God created us. So, you know, anything that takes the place of, you, you know, p- people under, people not understanding that God 
wants their full attention and full identity, you know, is a, to me is an idol in our life, and it's got to be, you know, removed. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, I'm grateful for the experiences God gave me, uh, grateful for the athletic ability, but I'm also very grateful that, um, you know, the Lord so chose to uh, get a hold of me the way he did. Kevin Harvey is our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show, longtime chaplain for the Philadelphia 76ers, also area director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in South Jersey. And it's not to be lost on, I'm sure, you, how the Lord still allowed you to use the gifts and interests you had in, in basketball to continue in both directions. You know, uh, on the chaplain side of things, I, I'm not sure I remember the story, even how you kind of came across the opportunity to minister to the, the players. And, and it's beyond the players. It's, it's everyone you come across with the Sixers, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, you're, you know, to some extent, you're sort of pastoring the organization, although, you know, probably the target audience is the, the coaches and players. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, you know, it was just something I, I had, um, uh, the Lord allowed me to start FCA in South Jersey in 97, so it's been 25 years now. Wow. And, you know, uh, I think the, the chap, the previous chaplain uh, had made a decision with his wife to move on. And so it was the end, uh, well, it was right after the, the year the Sixers got to the final. So I'm, I'm in my 21st year now. Wow. Um, so it was, it was early October, and I get a call, hey, uh, Kevin, I know you're the FCA guy. I know you're a basketball player. I know a lot of people that know you. Um, you know, can we have a conversation about you maybe serving as the chaplain? So my wife and I prayed about it about a week and, and knew that the Lord, this was something the Lord was opening a door for us. So, um yeah, so, yep, still still uh, serving and taking it year by year. That's great. Well, and uh, I think I've mentioned this to you before, uh, and, and I think I know who you're talking about, by the way. I'm not sure if it matters one way or the other. Um, but the, the chaplain, was that Bruce? Is that yeah, Bruce yep, McDonald? Bruce, yep. Yeah, so, yep, so he, he was the first chaplain, and I, I was the second. Yes, yeah. okay. Well, so here's something very interesting, and, and this is just a broad broad blanket. Uh, I think sometimes people, uh, you know, who are fans of a team, they always find it interesting. Oh, he's a Christian. I didn't know that. And then they get a little bit jazzed about it, which is all fine. It's nice to cheer and a little extra for somebody. But in your line of work, obviously you want to be very protective and respectful of uh, things that are said in chapel and in even just in conversations or go for coffee. You want to protect that, whatever. But here's just a fun thing. Uh, and you do with it what you, what you think. Uh, there was a time where uh, Bruce McDonald, I remember he was chaplain for the Flyers as well. And okay. there was a season where the Flyers were playing with all this cohesion. And the commentators were even saying, man, these guys look like a team. And all." And I remember talking to him when I, I was in the early days when I was covering the team. And he said something about everyone thinks it's like the guys are just – it's kind of about the hockey but it was at a time where their Bible study had grown to like half the team was going to Bible study. And so they would never know that the announcers would know that. Uh, and I only mention this kind of a, really, a, for, if nothing else, for fun. Lately, I keep hearing these things happen. Like even today, I played a clip from Andre Drummond who talked about the, you know, no Joel Embiid last night. And yet the team loves each other. They play so well together. I think uh, – Matisse, or it was a Tyrese Max, he said the other day, we're on the team plane, no one has their phones out, we're talking, and uh, you hear this, and Doc Rivers said it last night, Coach Rivers talked about these guys genuinely enjoy each other. So maybe it is just a basketball thing, but I figured if you, you might know if, if there's, if, you know, without naming names, if, if there's, that God's doing some good things there that might even be leading to some of the chemistry that the players are referring to. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, 
clearly, I, I think there's something to be said for that. I, I like I hearken back to about six or seven years ago, uh, to when the Warriors started their you know climb upward and uh, just talking, actually talking to some of those players, hearing about what their uh, their their team goals were. One of them being joy, like playing with joy, and just the camaraderie and the closeness and the brotherhood that they. Had. I still still think that's a part of their uh, culture there, and so yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, uh, to me, you know, God honors those that honor Him, and I think you know, even in sport, I think there's something to be said when a team is close and has has each other's back and is, is sacrificially, you know, uh, sacrificing for each other, all that stuff. So yeah, uh, you know, honestly, that's what we're praying for our Philadelphia team, so for sure. that they would experience and and that. I guess ultimately for me, as a, as a follower of Christ, it would be that there's a recognition that something, that this is something beyond himself, that this is something that God is doing and working through. So, um, you know, that doesn't surprise me about hearing about the story with the Flyers and Bruce. Um, and I think, I think to some extent, a few years ago, you could say the same thing with the football team. The Eagles, I think, were experiencing a significant uh, spiritual awakening on the team, and then you know they did win the Super Bowl. Not, you know, not that that's the the rabbit foot or anything, but I, I think there's something to be said when it's close yeah. and even seeking the Lord together, that kind of stuff. Kevin Harvey's our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show, uh, chaplain for the Philadelphia 76ers, also area director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in South Jersey, southjerseyfca.org for that. Uh, just one other thought on the on the chaplaincy part, and then I'd love to talk about the FCA piece as well. Uh, you know, whenever I think of someone like yourself who is in a position to, uh, you know, you're rubbing shoulders with these players and the coaches and um, and, and people that fans might be like, oh, I really, you know, what, what's that like? But you mentioned also the ministry to the probably the ushers and every and front office people, just people walking around the janitor. Um, that James two comes to mind where it says, my brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing the fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there, or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? And then it says in verse 8, if you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself. You were doing right, and uh, for mm-hmm. you, having never been, perhaps you like you you were you were in college, you played on a team, but you didn't perhaps get to be you know the lead the lead guy because the the career was cut short. Maybe you have that appreciation for both worlds, right? What what it is to be well known or big man on campus a bit, but also you know humble because of the injury and, and all that. Do, do you find it have this job uh, as you as you work with the? The chaplaincy is allow you. God gives you those eyes to be able to see everyone and, and love people where, wherever they are. You know, Tim, I, I would go back to um, you know after I got saved in the in the spring of '82, and I had such a drastic you know conversion experience. The, the first ministry I got involved with was a street ministry in Camden. So I found myself as a couple-week-old Christian, um, <laughs> you know, going around the street sharing the gospel in Camden, New Jersey, and I've still done that on and off for, you know, my entire uh, life since then. But I, I think the Lord just developed in me that just, just what you're talking about in that verse in James is, uh, you know, to the, to the least of these. 
And I think that's carried over in, you know, all areas of my life where the Lord, you know, clearly does not want us to, to show favoritism. We're, we're all equal in his eyes. And I think that has helped me in the chaplaincy role where, you know, I do a, I do a, listen, I do a 15 minute pregame chaplain before every game. That's 15 minutes. And then those guys are gone. Now I might, might catch up with a few guys after the game, but if I'm going to stay at the game, let's say tomorrow night, um, you know, I got, I have time to, to interact with, uh, all kinds of people that are just, you know, probably struggling and serving there. Yeah. And that has been a thrill for me to engage with people and pray with people in the hallways or on the concourse or get to know them and, and hear what's going on in their families. Um, and, and so that, that honestly is a, is actually a big part of the, the chaplaincy role. That's I love that. I love hearing that. Uh, Kevin Harvey is our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show today on WFIL. Again, a chaplain for the Philadelphia 76ers and also area director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in South Jersey, which actually was the first thing, springboard into also doing the chaplaincy. Uh, talk about the FCA work. I, I love hearing about this because uh, our radio station, and I'll say this as a preface, has been around, it's going to be 100 years in March. Wow. Yeah. Now, wow. uh, now I have been around 100 years, wow. insert rim shot here. <laughs> But yes, it feels that way sometimes. But the the uh, one thing we don't want to do is just kind of grow older and die off. We definitely mm-hmm. want to remain invested in everybody, older, younger, and in between. And part of what we do, we'll have guests on every now and again that that kind of uh, acknowledge that. And so certainly the work you do, and and reaching kids in the, primarily high school, right, is is investing in the next generation. So, you know, whatever angle you want to share about this, what, perhaps why that was passionate for you back then, what you've seen over the last 25 years, that this is your quarter century anniversary. Wow. Uh, so you, you take the floor on that and just share what it is and, and encourage folks uh, the work that's being done. Yeah, I mean, it, it, to me, it's just very, very humbling to be involved with FCA uh, just because uh, you know, and this is not to, this is not a prideful statement, but FCA is the largest campus ministry in the country. It's the largest sports ministry in the world, over 100 countries. And sport allows, sport just organically allows a lot of doors to be open. Where uh, I think other people are trying to bang the door, it's, you know, it just allows the door to be open. Whether we're doing a a volleyball night or a dodgeball night on a Friday night at a high school. And several hundred kids show up to play dodgeball, and you're sharing with that crowd, sharing the gospel to, uh, you know, on a team. And, uh, you know, just uh, again, going back to, you know, the sport connection at any level, uh, there's just like, there's just something that happens within sport where guys connect. And we, you know, we use that for uh, what we call huddles, Bible studies, or ways to um, just bring Christ into that environment. Um, so, yeah, I, I just am very, very privileged to go into schools in the Philadelphia area. And we, and we do FCA in junior highs, high schools, colleges, but we also do a lot with coaches. So there's a lot of coaches huddles uh, in the Philadelphia area now. Um, but, yeah, so it's it's uh, extremely humbling. I think there's a lot of believers that don't understand, like, even in their own communities right now, the Philadelphia area, like the gospel's going forward in their local public school. Hmm. So, um that, you know, I think I want to say in Philly and South Jersey, there's probably well over 100 schools now that have FCA at the, at the college, high school, and junior high level. So wow. uh, incredible opportunity. And, um, you know, we, we try to partner with local churches to 
you know, have a, somebody from the local church be a guest speaker or, um, you know, organize an outreach event in that public high school uh, or private high school. We have a lot of private high schools. So, um, yeah, it, 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 you know, it just, even all this time doing what I do, like, it just, it's just amazing to me how God allows us to do this. So, um, you know, just feel humbled and privileged that I still get to do this. The vast majority of the schools would be public schools, would you say? Or because you, I was going to actually ask you, then you kind of answered it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. A good ninety-five percent were in public schools. Okay, and if uh, someone, there's, there's a, yeah, a few, few parochial schools, a few Christian schools. Okay, but uh, yeah, vast majority are public. Yeah, I mean, and to, and to be you know, straight, I mean, they're Christian schools. There are a lot of kids. I went to a Christian school and uh, for high school and. I'd say a, a third of my class might not profess to be believers. You had, yeah. you know what I mean? That, that's not a problem. It's yeah. not, it's fine. So it's, it, there's a, there's a yeah. field there also. So, well, I, I did, I did a training in uh, Burlington County last Sunday afternoon at a local church. So we had mostly public school kids that we were training uh, from a lot of different high schools, but we had some, we had one group from a Christian school that started FCA uh, in Cherry Hill. And, um, you know, one of the one of the leaders, or the main leader, stood up and sort of said that. He said, "Listen, uh, just because I go to a Christian school, I want you to know. I feel like it's a very small percentage of kids that are, uh, you know, really trying to follow Christ." So, mm-hmm. listen, well, no matter what the environment, no matter what the school, the culture is, I mean, in my estimation, just becoming more morally bankrupt. So it doesn't really matter public school, parochial school, Christian school. It's like kids need help. You know, Jesus is the answer, so we're going to do everything we can to minister to kids and to point them to Christ and tell them there's hope, right? Tell Amen. them there's hope because we have the answer. So. Kevin Hardy has been uh, kind enough to hang out with us today, Sixers Chaplain and Area Director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in South Jersey, SouthJerseyFCA.org. Uh, we're almost out of time, but I want to throw this back to you because if folks go to SouthJerseyFCA.org and they hear, wait, I heard Kevin Harvey's the Area Director. And then there's a thing on there about they're looking for an area director. Want to explain? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so I, I serve within the FCA framework. I serve as the multi-area director. Okay. So we, we, we are prayerfully seeking other folks that might want to join us in the mission field, whether that's volunteer or uh, what we call area directors or area representatives. That would, that would be missionaries. They would raise support come on staff with FCA. Uh, we're, we're praying, it's at least on South Jersey side. We have we have six full-time staff on the South Jersey side. I would love to see another 15 more, unless Jesus come back tomorrow, which would be better. Okay. Um, <laughs> but we, 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 would lo- we would love to see more, a lot more uh, missionaries serving. And then on the Philly side, it's the same thing. There's a handful of people serving on the Philly side, and they're, you know, they're always looking for folks that might be called the full-time missions and they get to do it locally here in the Philly area, which is a, which is a, uh, you know, to me it's a haven for for people that need Christ, and uh, you know it's quite a mission field here in South Jersey, Philly area. Amen. And for you personally, what, so where where are you headed? It's twenty five years now doing what you do. I heard there's a, maybe a little church action going on. Yes. Yep. Yep. And you know it's something, Tim. I've been praying about for literally twenty years. Um, uh, the Lord started speaking to my heart probably early 2000s when I got ordained about me someday planning a church. And and there was a couple times I sort of tried to, uh, you know, uh, push God like, okay, God, now's a good time. And and that never works. Um, 
so mm. I just felt like through COVID, as I had time to really settle and pray, and um, just I just felt like green, like God was giving me the green light, like start moving. So, Lord willing, in 2022, at least in southern New Jersey, uh, we plan on launching um, Follow Christ Always Church, which for those of your your audience that that are bright, which is probably just about everybody. You yes. can figure out that that's FCA Church, <laughs> right? So there's there's got there's going to be a lot of um, commingling between what the church does and what we do with FCA. So it'll be a strong partnership. Uh, but really, you know, it's just another um, another avenue. I think I think my heart right now, as I've gotten older, is for prodigals. I meet a lot of prodigals, and then obviously, uh, you know, kind of as an evangelist, I just uh, my heart breaks for people that don't know the Lord. Yeah. Um, so, and it's probably going to be, a, it's going to be a little different. It'll be like a sports angle to the church. You know, not that we're going to steal anything from God's glory, but like there'll be some, you know, some messages on, uh, you know, why God, God wired us competitively and things like that. So maybe a little bit different slant, but hopefully, um, it'll just be something where folks, uh, especially people that don't have a home church will, um, uh, come in and be and be blessed and get filled, and that's that's our Amen. that's our prayer. We want to see God. Listen, I just want to see God, you know, change the hearts and minds of people in the Philadelphia area. And that's our prayer. Amen. Amen. Kevin, thank you so much for taking time with us today. Really great to hear your voice. We'll, we'll be in touch again. Thank you, my brother. God bless you, bro. You too, Kevin Harvey, Sixers Chaplain, Area Director for Fellowship of Christian Athletes in South Jersey, SouthJerseyFCA.org, for more info. Wrap up our show in just a moment. Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the app. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. It's 4.58, just about done the show. Thanks for listening in. Thanks to Shirley in Thoroughfare, New Jersey, Dormelia in Baltimore, Maryland, Debbie in Mapleshade, New Jersey, Stacy in Southampton, and Wendelin in Harleysville, who helped out in our partnership with Preborn, we wrapped up at 643 ultrasounds, almost 200 more than the original goal. Praise the Lord for that. Thank you for your help. Looking forward to doing our show again tomorrow. Have a wonderful night. Alistair Begg, Truth for Life, straight ahead. WFIL. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.